0: Our guest today is we, Nate Peterson. Nate is a West Fargo High School graduate, and I'm going to go down some of the accolades. I did some digging on, on <laughs> TFERS and your UND bio, but if we throw it all the way back to high school, like I said, he went to West Fargo. Nate was the EDC track and field senior athlete of the year. What year would that have been?
1: Uh, 2011, I was co-senior athlete of the year with Brock Larson from Fargo South.
0: Okay, yeah, we know Brock. Brock's a good guy. So 2011 was the EDC Track and Field Senior Athlete of the Year. Uh, That fall, the previous fall, you took fifth place uh, at the state cross-country meet. And then I also did some digging and found that you took fourth in the 1600 at the state meet and fifth in the 3200 as a senior. So there are some high school accolades. Then Nate went on to the University of North Dakota, where he had PRs in the mile of 409.75. He ran uh, 1430 for 5k and even followed that up with an eighth place finish his senior year at the big sky outdoor meet in the 5k and then also not to uh leave anything out he's the author of the blog north dakota runner (laughs) with all those i'm trying to think the first time i officially met you and we haven't you know we don't know each other super well You, you and cameron definitely know each other better but the first time that I met you would have been the C-Dick Run Elite Mile back in all the way back in 2016, and you won <laughs> that meet.
1: Was was that the inaugural one, or was that the second
2: year? I don't even remember. The very first one, St. Peterson, the former Cushman Field Stadium <laughs> holder.
1: Yeah, I remember. Um, Defoe had contacted me like. I I don't know, maybe like a month before or something. Um, I had just come off conference in college and I had taken like a week or two off. And um, suddenly it's like, hey, come run a fast mile up in Grand Forks. And so basically like I hit my peak on my college training and then I took like two weeks off of no running at all. And then I did like a week and a half of running before this mile. Um, And I was fortunate enough to still have some fitness left from the outdoor season. That, That was fun. I wish that we would have had that way before that. Defoe coming up with that. That was a great idea.
0: Yeah, and like Cam said, since then, your record has fallen to uh, some pretty good runners. Let's see, the year after you would have been Hunter Lucas. And yep. then was Evan Kotzik already the year after Evan, that?
2: Then Evan and then Eldon Warner. He's run 342 for 1500 Yeah, uh, has it, so... Uh, even though the the winning times have got faster, I still think that first year was the best field. Uh, it is definitely the most fun field that we've ever assembled because uh, you were in it. Uh, Ryan Wheeling had just mm-hmm. run really well, and he was still in high school. I ran it. Devin Munson and, and Tom Lanier, who was a uh, All American yeah. three, uh, we're all we're all in the race. So, yeah, that was. That was a ton of fun.
1: I remember that being a big negative split, too. I think our first lap was, like, 60, what, like, 66 or 68 or something like that. And then the finishing time, we were all, like, 416 to 420.
2: Yeah, we were were slow out the gate because Wheeling took it, and nobody wanted to (laughs) – everybody was just fine to let the high school kid lead it for a lap and just, like, see what happened. And then, I don't know, eventually – Devin or somebody was like oh I thought we came here to run fast and took off yeah
1: yeah I remember that Devin took it second lap and I think he ran like a 62 or something and that's when I was like okay we're racing now
0: (laughs) oh those were the days 2016 fast forward four years tell us where you're at right now
1: well personally I'm living in Gloucester Virginia it's um it's in far eastern Virginia only like 20-minute uh, drive from the Chesapeake Bay. Um, I'm teaching at a middle school out here, teaching eighth-grade math and geometry. G- Eighth-graders taking geometry, whole class of them. Um, and I've been training for the Mataheya Trail Marathon this summer. Um, it's like it's not a full it's not a marathon. I think it's 28 miles um, on the Matahe Trail, point to point. I've been uh, hitting up the Appalachian Trail for some long runs because it's only like a two-hour drive from my house. Just did 16 miles on it on Sunday. We don't have that in North Dakota, so it's been it's been fun to run on some pretty significantly steep trails. Um, I'm running about 50 miles a week right now, so um, one workout in a long run every week.
0: So how was the transition going from North Dakota to Virginia? It's like total polar opposites. I feel.
1: I mean. People, people have Southern accents here. I mean, we live like in the former Confederacy. Um, you know, you see Confederate flags on all kinds of vehicles around here. People talk with Southern accents. Um, but this is also like a huge military area. We're close to Norfolk, Virginia, which is one of the larger naval bases in the whole country. And so, like, there's tons of military families around here.
0: You know, we've got you on the show today. This podcast is all about North Dakota track and field and its history and Some of the current events going on, and in your most recent blog post, which was was it back in May? I I think so. I I don't exactly remember, but I read it the other day, and it was awesome. And in that post, you described some of your first great memories of running. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us. You know, we're going to talk about your time at West Fargo and at UND, but tell us where does your story of running yourself personally, where does that start for you?
1: Cross country, seventh grade we had this like elementary mile in the West Fargo school district. That's some elementary school. And, um, I ran it. I think I took like eighth or something, but I mean, there was only like 15 kids in it. Um, and then I started running cross country in seventh grade. I was terrible. I was like the bottom 10 in every race in middle school. I didn't run track cause I was playing baseball. Um, I don't think, I think there was only one or two kids on the middle school team that were running slower than me in cross country. <laughs> um, and then, My junior year, I quit baseball, and I quit swimming, and I picked up track to go with cross-country and started running year-round, and uh, things picked up pretty quick
0: from there. And then you move into the high school ranks, So, and especially back when you were running, West Fargo still it maybe is considered a powerhouse in the EDC. I don't know if you would necessarily say that. I think they won the conference title in 2018 or 2019. Cam, you can help me out on that one.
2: the women just won their first state title or the girls just won their first state title this last year. So yeah, they did. Um, most of the, I mean, I don't know what it is like there, but at Central, the guys and the girls are the same program. So I'm not going to forget about the ladies here.
1: Yeah. When I was at West Fargo in, in high school, we were kind of going through our glory days. Um, when I came in as a freshman, I was running JV Um, My teammate Lucas and I were usually placing like top 10 in JV and we got to run our first varsity race late in the season and we weren't fast enough to make the state team. But um, sophomore year, everything picked up pretty quick. Um, We put seven in the top 20 at EDC and won our first EDC title in school history. And then we came back my junior year and won it again. Um, And I would say my junior year, we had one of the best teams in school history. Um, We were set up to take second at state behind Bismarck at the peak of their dynasty, but um, our top two runners both dropped out at the state meet and I was our first runner in 21st place. So we bombed pretty bad. Yeah. Grand Forks Central was our rivals when I was in high school. We were always dueling it out. Um, I was always dueling with Paul Schaefer um, and then Shane Harlow was always up there with my teammates, Jameson Gary and Spencer Utes. Um, but I always enjoyed, I mean, we'd, we'd cool down together after the race. Like we'd race each other hard during the race, but then we'd cool down together after the race. I mean, real friendly and stuff. Um, I always enjoyed that.
2: Yeah. That's kind of an interesting thing about like cross country that you see almost, you know, pretty consistently throughout like the entire country in high school and in college, just this like connection. Uh, I remember one summer, uh, Paul Schaefer and some of my other teammates talking about how uh, they thought that you were maybe going to transfer to Grand Fork Central and, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and run with us for a year. Is this just like a pipe dream that they had that they thought if we got you to come, we were going to win state or?
1: I, I have no idea where that came from because my family was never planning on leaving Horace. Um, I mean, both of my parents were UND grads, so they there's a Grand Forks connection there. But there was never any talk about that. I actually, in the completely opposite direction, I tried to ask my parents in high school if I could transfer to Kindred um, because I was getting sick of Class A schools and I wanted to be in a Class B school, and they told me no. So, wow,
0: wow! Could you imagine? Oh, a, yeah. Could you imagine Nate Peterson ends up in Kindred? That would well, have been and at the, at the time,
1: Kindred didn't have a cross-country program. They co-opt with Fargo North, um, which makes no sense at all because Kindred is south of Fargo. But the <laughs> Kindred kids were running for Fargo North at the time, so I would have been a Spartan.
2: Hey, Nate, can you, can you go back a little bit and talk about, like, if you were so bad right away, why, why did you decide to, to quit baseball and quit swimming uh, to pursue uh, running?
1: So um, when I wasn't running super fast in middle school, um, I mean, our training in middle school was seriously like we'd run like two miles a day at most. And I would just be gassed. I'd be walking. Um, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't fat in middle school, but I definitely like I ended up weighing less in college than I did in middle school. So like I had some, I had some love on me. When I got to high school and started training with the high school guys, West Fargo was a really low mileage program we maybe hit 30 miles a week at our peak and our longest run every year was six miles. And we did that once. And so, uh, people hammered the easy runs pretty hard. Um, Jameson and Spencer, especially, it wasn't uncommon to run our last mile of an easy run like six flat or faster. Um, and I just hung on with them every day in practice and, it's it's not the right way to train, hammering easy runs every day, but that's how we did it at West Fargo, and that's that's how I got better. And when I quit swimming and baseball my junior year, um, swimming is hard. We were in the pool at 5.30 three times a week and had practice every day after school, and I was taking three AP courses. I just didn't have enough time. Um, it wasn't a hard transition to track at that point
0: so here you are you end up having this awesome career you know i I mentioned earlier you took in your senior year you took fourth place uh in the 1600 at the state meet and you took fifth place in the 3200 as a senior break down those races for us who were some of the people in those races what were the races like if you remember
1: so my senior year i was blessed to run the distance quadruple at state which is the four by eight mile two mile and 800 in the span of like 28 hours um i was also blessed my senior year with an incredibly windy state meet um friday the winds were gusting up to 30 and saturday the winds were gusting up to 45 um and so coming from a low mileage program and having to run as many fast miles at state like i did it was it was a hard meet um so jake linegang was a sophomore and he was already starting to obliterate everybody and so um it turned into kind of a race for second place most of the time my my coach and i genuinely believed that i had a chance to hang with him in the 2 mile and that was our goal um the reason why i took 5th in the 2 mile is because um i spent most of the race in no man's land taking on the wind and I didn't have enough the last lap, and the, the pack caught me, and I went from second to fifth in about 50 meters, in the last 50 meters of the race. Um, the, the mile, I didn't really have good racing tactics, and so I was in the back, like 100 meters into the race, and then I passed like everybody except three people like in the next 100 meters. Unnecessary surges like that kinda drained my energy early on. Um, that was another race where I was trying to take second or third. But um, I remember uh, Levi Sether or Seether from Bismarck Century. Um, he had been my kind of co-equal all year. And um, I was trying to beat him. And he took me down in the mile and the two mile. And I lost a jig line gang in both of them. Our four by eight relay got second um to Bismarck their their B squad um and the 800 was just a the 800 was garbage um I took second to last ran like 207 I had nothing left the the thing about the state meet is if you if you watch the 800 at state track in North Dakota every year you see some of the fastest runners in the state in every division every gender you see some of the fastest runners occupying the back in the 800 and people wonder, you know, this person just almost broke the state record in the two mile like three hours ago. Like, why are they in the back in the 800? Everybody's just gassed from carrying all those races on their back over the span of two days. I remember the year before, um, uh, Brett Kelly and Jameson Garrick, who had both run like sub 932 miles earlier in the day, like couldn't even keep up with the top 10, I don't think, in the 800. And it's just like, what? When I was doing some research in college, I made a blog post about um, athletes who have won the distance quadruple or the distance triple, like people that took on all the distance events and won them all. Um, it's not a very long list, and it encaps it, – it has – most of the best runners in state history, like the people on that list are truly great athletes because winning one distance event is hard. Winning four is almost impossible.
2: Yeah, you yeah. Ba- I mean, you basically have to have been like a state record holder or challenging mm-hmm. state record and be on an incredible team to win like the four by
0: eight too. Kind of transitioning here, you know, great career at West Fargo. At what point did you know that you wanted to run collegiately or was that even on your radar
1: <laughs> it, it wasn't um i had received a letter from the valley city state coach my senior year um actually the summer before my senior year of college i took a tour of the south dakota school of mines and technology in rapid city south dakota because the coach there was going to offer me a scholarship to run d2 um, cause I remember he's being like, oh man, you ran, you ran 10 Oh two, you ran sub 10 minutes as a junior. Like, that's really good. Like, I want you on my team. And I was like, Hey, that's cool. you are the only one that wants me for academic reasons and scholarship reasons. I needed to stay in the state of North Dakota. And it was April of my senior year after I had just run 4:24 in the mile lost Paul Schaefer again. I went and looked on UND's website because I was already going to UND. I already had housing there. And I noticed that the times I was running in high school were faster than some of the freshmen at UND were running that spring season. And I emailed, um, coach clay at UND. And I basically said like, Hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm from. Um, these are my times. Can I run at UND? And he asked, what well, my ACT score was, and I told him, and he told me that there was a spot for me on the team. And you know, like I said, that was like a month before I graduated high school, so I I didn't go through a recruiting process. I was a walk on. Um, I asked the coach a month before the season, a month before my senior year was over, "Can I run for you?" And he said, "Yeah."
2: Nate, when you like initially before running was a part of the picture uh, in college uh was your plan at at UND like what was it academically were there other extracurriculars that you had planned to take
1: I I didn't really have a good plan um my plan was to go to UND for math education and that that is what I went for you know I I really didn't think that much about collegiate running like it was so far outside of my radar Um, I I had gotten some letters from coaches, but it, it didn't register for me. It didn't seem like a real thing. And it's not that I didn't feel like I could do it. It's, it's that it was outside of my area of influence. Like I didn't think about it. I didn't understand it. It's, it's not something that occupied any of my mind until I ran that 4:24, And I was like, I wonder if I'm good enough to run in college. And then
2: it turned out that I was, I feel like, I mean, you don't see that as much anymore. Somebody, pretty much anybody in high school who's remotely near uh, the level that you were at in high school is gonna have some idea of what you know possibility or opportunity they have to run in high school just with social media and and stuff like that. Um, so, do you have any advice for somebody? Uh, who's thinking about running in college or maybe is in the same position as you and has no idea but has found some success?
1: So most colleges in the NCAA have track and cross country and um, there are spots for just about everybody. Um, NAIA and D3 will pick up kids that are middle of the pack in high school, possibly even farther back. And so, I mean, if you love running, there's probably a spot for you in college, even if you're not taking trophies in high school. Um, for, for kids that are fast, uh, like, like you said, now, if, now with social media, you know, flow track, mile split, um, you know, they, they're hyping everything up. Um, there's a lot of good D2 programs. If you're not recruited to a D1 school, I mean, I think about in North Dakota, like the University of Mary is a really good program there there was times where their top two or three could battle up with our two or three at UND. Um, you know, back in the 1980s Valley city state had a team that went down to GRIAC and beat a bunch of D one schools. Like there are good programs right here in North Dakota that people can run for that don't have to be UND and NDSU UND and NDSU are better than everybody else, but they're also D one. So there's, there's good programs all over.
0: So tell us about your experience at UND. For example, you know, you got to compete against some of the best in the country as part of the big sky. So maybe, <laughs> maybe walk us through your first couple of years at UND. Let's hear about those first before we get into some of those later races.
1: So freshman year was hard. Coach Clay asked me to, he gave me a day-by-day running schedule to bump up to 50 miles a week my summer before I walked on as a freshman, which for division one is quite low. Um, But it was really hard. I was working at a Bible camp, Camp of the Cross Ministries in western North Dakota, and um, I was with campers, I was with kids, 22 and a half hours a day. I got a one and a half hour break every day, and it was usually from 3.30 to 5, and that's peak heating. And my option was to run a gravel road that had no shade. And, you know, Cameron, you've seen that gravel road. I mean, it's, it's wide open and it's hilly. And that was every day I was being asked to increase my mileage more than I ever had in my life. Um, in the middle of hot summer days after dealing with kids all day with no shade. I mean, it was just getting to my freshman year was exhausting. Freshman year, I was able to, to bump up to 50 miles a week right away because I was like sitting in air conditioned buildings all day. And so my legs were able to handle so much more of a workload. And that ended up being a theme all through college. I always came into cross country out of shape and low mileage because I couldn't physically handle more than 50 or 60 miles a week at camp without breaking down, I just couldn't. Um, But as soon as I'd get to campus, I could add 15 miles a week easy, just from what I was doing, sitting at home, sitting at school. We were my freshman year in the Great West Conference Um, which was some crappy conference with a bunch of schools that had nowhere else to go. Um, It, I mean, our athletes at UND were picking up uh, conference records and UND really wasn't a great D1 program at the time. I mean, it was just, it wasn't a very good conference. Um, We hosted conference cross country my freshman year. I ran like crap. I was sick. Um, that's another theme of college, always being sick for conference.
2: Um, I think I actually and watched that race, Nate. I think I was there at when you guys hosted that conference meet.
1: Yeah, I ran like twenty eight something, and like three weeks before I had run twenty six fifteen, um, I was in the bottom ten. you know it was like, it was like freshman year of high school all over again, um, trying to work my way up. I got injured in track. Uh, about a week after running my high school PR in the mile, and that injury took me all the way through the end of the school year.
0: That Great Great West Conference, maybe one of the most obscure collegiate conferences to ever exist. It,
1: it was it was a trash conference, man. Like it was such a good thing to get out of that. During that time, we were in our last year of our five year transition to Division One. And so we weren't allowed to race at regions in cross country my freshman year because we weren't eligible for postseason play during the transition time. And regional cross country is considered postseason.
2: So the the only like part of the transition to where UND is now that you didn't get to like be a part of is the the Summit League. right
1: yes i never experienced the summit league because my fifth year we were still in the big sky
0: yeah absolutely if i'm not mistaken you know we said your mile pr was 409 in college i think this year at summit league indoors the mile winning time was 408 or something along those lines so
1: well my i think my fourth year of college we had indoor conference in flagstaff arizona And I ran 4.15 at 7,200 feet, which converted in the NCAA altitude converter to a 4.05.8. And I took seventh place in that race because two guys passed me right at the finish line. And I lost to the winner by eight seconds. And that winner had run 3.55 in the mile a few weeks before Christian Serrato's.
0: Yeah, it's, man, I keep forgetting how stacked some of these races were that you were in in the big sky. That's nuts. I mean,
1: that that start line had Christian Serratos, Mike Tate, Futsum Zenesilace, um, a couple other NAU guys. They always had fast guys. I mean, my seed time of 4.12 was 11th in the conference and barely enough to get me in the fast heat.
2: That's three, all, three All-Americans right there, and obviously Serratos if not for Edward Cesaric is a national champ. So, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good field. Do you think that that mile in Flagstaff is probably <laughs> your best, maybe your best race ever?
1: It's, it's either my best or one of my top three. I mean, I was in, I was in really good shape. I, I came out of that indoor conference meet and we went on our spring break trip a couple of weeks later And on that spring break trip, I ran 1430 in the 5k and a week later ran 409 in a flat mile. So that's probably the best shape I've ever been in for the mile. I was running a pace slower than my normal mile pace and it felt so hard. It was, it was so interesting. Um, Absolutely. Like
0: we went to a meet at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs and not nearly as high in elevation, (laughs) at least I couldn't give you an elevation exactly, but I ran a 60 hurdles race and I was winded at the end. And then I had to run a four by four at the end. I just remember like three and a half hours later, I'm in an outback steakhouse laying down in a booth, gasping for air still. And it was a four by four. So running a, that fast of a mile that converts down to four Oh five for people that don't know altitude. Holy cow. That you must've been in some pretty good fitness at that point.
1: I I doubled back in the three K about seventy five minutes later, and that race was a death march. I mean, man, that was horrible. (laughs) Just I I finished that race, and that's that's all we're gonna say about that.
0: So let's let's come back to that in just a minute because there's Mm -hmm. like you named a bunch of All Americans, and there's several others that you could name. So you said your freshman year you ended that injured, and then we just talked about this some of these big sky meets. How about the time in between? What took place to get you? to your senior year being at such a high level to compete in such a great conference?
1: I started doing two days my sophomore year. I would grind half hour hard on the elliptical every morning and then keep running my 50 miles a week. And I did that all through my sophomore and junior year. Um, I'd get up at like six, um, head to the center, um, go on the elliptical hard, like hard for probably a half hour every day and then do whatever workouts or runs were prescribed in the afternoon that helped me get my fitness up in a low impact way while still doing all those exercises, you know, coach had hard workouts of running and I kept doing two a days and I never gave up. And I just kept getting faster and faster over time.
0: You go through that. You go through a few years, you put together better and better races, and then you get to some of these, these better competitions. So that Flagstaff mile, was that your junior year or was that your senior year? That was my fourth year. Was your fourth year, but you won five years, correct? Yeah. So you have that huge race and that was indoor season. What happened that outdoor season then?
1: Yeah, I ran that fast mile and then I went down to spring break and ran a fast mile, fast 5K and got hurt again.
0: Yeah. And you kept working all the way to your senior year when you had even faster times and even faster races. So getting back to some of that competition, for example, I did some digging and the names in your outdoor conference meet your senior year. Some of those names guys should be recognizing people that are listening to this podcast. I'm sure that they, they know, but for example, Matt Baxter finished fifth in the 2016 outdoor conference 5k. And if you don't know Matt Baxter, he runs for NAZ elite. Uh, he's a professional athlete. Now you finished eighth in that race. You're just three places behind him. Like that's a big name. Uh, Tyler day finished at the indoor 5k. He finished ahead of you. He just ran Cameron, you got to help me out on this one. He ran one of the fastest. Was it 5Ks in NCAA history this indoor season?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, at BU. Yeah. Was so, it like 13-18
1: I mean, or thirteen, twenty, or something like that?
0: Yeah,
2: they had like four guys run under 13-30 <laughs> indoors. God. Yeah, it, it's stupid.
0: Yeah, so here you are. You're in the thick of these big races with these All-Americans and some of the fastest collegiate runners ever. Tell us about those experiences your senior year. Being in a conference where there was
1: multiple all Americans and the number one team in the country. Like every day I'm looking at the chiefers board and I'm just seeing myself, you know, I could, I could get wrapped inside my own head at UND like, you know, Oh, I have a school record, but then I'd look at the leaderboard in my own conference and that school record wouldn't even put me in the top 10. And it was just this like motivation to keep going because my 1430, was, I think, 12th or 13th fastest in the conference my fifth year. I mean, it wasn't even close to any, any top five or eight or whatever. Uh,
2: 1430 is no joke. Nate, on, on the blog, you have, like, a list of the fastest times that North Dakotans have ever run. Uh, where, where does the 1430 line up in there? Is that, like,
0: um, third?
1: when when I first started making the list um fourteen thirty was in there, but then some people in the last few years have been running some fast times like Elliot stone got his way in there i think like fourteen twenty two or something i think I think it's probably somewhere between ten and twenty um there's a couple of fourteen thirties but yeah, it's not Even in there like, anymore
2: like cody cody chris ran like fourteen 14- twenty seven or something like that. He I forget where he went to high school, but he went to um
1: he he was from a super small town in eastern North Dakota and I believe he went to um it's one of those um right on the edge of the Red River Valley.
0: I, I couldn't tell you schools. the high school, but it's it's like Daisy or Hannaford or Yeah, uh, th- those Sandborn are the t- or something like that.
1: Those are the towns. I almost want to say it was I keep wanting to say Maple Valley, but I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. If Cody ever sees this, I'm sorry, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I raced him in high school too, a couple times. And he, man, did he blossom at MSUM, dang. Uh,
0: here we go, Barnes County North. We did a quick. quick yes, backtrack. that's and what it, it was.
1: I kept wanting to say Northern Cass, but it was Barnes County North. Yeah,
0: and Daisy, North Dakota. So sorry, yeah, sorry, that, Cody. That
2: town barely exists.
0: Oh man. So hey, shout
2: out, shout out Barnes County North,
0: huh? Absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, they they got some people listening. But <laughs> let's let's go right into the blog then. This is a good transition. So you started it in 2014. What was your idea behind it when you started it, or what was the vision? What did you have in mind when you were typing on the keys?
1: I just I developed a passion for running and North Dakota, and I just wanted to talk about it where I got it from was there's a guy, um, his name is Joel Roe, is it Rovang, I wanna say. Um, he he developed a website called North N D Runner uh back in like the early two thousands. And I, I stumbled across it in college because yeah. I was trying to figure out who the fastest North Dakotans were, and he he had personal profiles on there of some of the fastest North Dakotans. He, he had done like state meat reviews and, but, but it had stopped and it hadn't been picked up in years. And um, I just remember being really fascinated with that idea. And um, as I looked at it more and more, I was like, I wanna do this for, further, like I wanna do this too. And so I, I made a page and I started writing about things I wanted to write about, how much I loved running in North Dakota. I loved talking about gravel roads and how much we all love running outside in the winter. And, um, <laughs> you know, eventually I started um, researching top 10 lists, um, times, names, and I fell in love with it.
0: That, that's epic. So your senior year, you're going up against some pretty good conference foes you're reaching the upper echelon of your, your collegiate seasons, running some fast times, but really you're just putting in this work on this blog. That's like one of your main focuses too.
1: Um, I type up blog posts on trips. Like we went to Montana state for an indoor conference meet and I typed a blog post on the bus ride there. Um, I just, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I still look back at some of my writing for some of those years and I remember how much I enjoyed it. Um, How much, how much I enjoyed writing about it, but how much I enjoyed doing the running and stuff as well.
0: Definitely. So since you've been doing it now, like we're going on year six of your blog, what has been maybe one or two of the most interesting stories or interesting runners or North Dakota related track and field that you've written about?
1: Bowman County had an absolute dynasty of women's running. I mean, we're talking in the span of twenty years. I think they won like nineteen state titles. I'm um, and, I, and I, they weren't just winning. I mean, they were obliterating. I mean, they were scoring under twenty points at the state cross country meet, under thirty points at the state cross country meet. I mean, their dynasty was better comparatively than what Bismarcks was at the height of their men's dynasty.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, that's. That's awesome because like, that's what your blog is trying to do. That's what this podcast is trying to do. It's trying to like uncover some of those really interesting stories that people should know about, but they just haven't.
1: One run in particular that I'll always remember, um, my teammate Ryan and I, Ryan Kirkland, we went up a couple times to the Pemina Gorge. And if you want to talk about a hidden gem of running in the state of North Dakota, the Pemina Gorge, so many people haven't even heard about it. Um, it's this pretty big valley, just literally in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's heard of the Pemina River because it just goes into Canada. Nobody lives up there except the people that live in rural North Dakota, which is not a lot, as we all know. Um, they have like a ski resort there that people go to, but I found out that they also have an ATV path, which is wide enough with the two wheel tracks that you can run side by side with a friend. They are very soft, black dirt trails, hilly, and it just keeps going. I mean, you could easily get a 30-mile out-and-back run on that trail and not see more than a few people and never once step on pavement. But the Pemina Gorge is something I wish I would have taken advantage of more in, in college. We spent a lot of time running at Turtle River State Park because it was closer, but the Pemina Gorge is only like an hour and a half away, and it is truly a gem.
0: Yeah. Uh, so how about this? Like you are a fantastic writer and you've done some of these write-ups, but you've also shared some of your own insights and some of your own races and, and your own running. And like anybody who gets a chance to read your blog knows how passionate you're, you are about the sport. What does it mean to you to be able to share some of your own insights? For example, you just did a write-up about uh, COVID-19 and how it's affected some of the, the seasons for collegiates and some of the memories that were taken away. And you got to share some really unique memories of your own spring break trips how important is that to you to be able to share that with others
1: i it's so important i mean i i love talking anybody that knows me knows that i talk a lot um i was routinely in college when we were running like there's many times that my teammates just kind of told me to shut up and i deserved it i needed that um and so this blog is an outlet to talk. I had a lot of teammates from Minnesota in college and they did not want to hear me ramble endlessly about North Dakota things, high school track in North Dakota, like the Matahe trail, like, Oh, you know, we should go run here or, Oh man, it's blizzarding. Like I genuinely want to go out and run right now. Like nobody wanted to hear that. And so I decided to put it down in writing in hopes that maybe there's a couple people out there that, that would enjoy reading it. And I don't know how much reach I have. I know the the page doesn't get a lot of views um, outside of Russia because (laughs) I, you know, you know how bots can be, but um, it's like, if if there is somebody out there in North Dakota that finds that they actually enjoy um, like daydreaming away miles on a gravel road or you know, showing up to a desolate place and saying, I want to run here. Or, you know, seeing snowfall and saying, I need to get out the door right now and run. Like, sorry, my cat's destroying something over there. Um, if, if there's somebody out there like that, if there's even one person, like, I'm going to be happy because I'm going to keep writing them because I, I enjoy it. If I'm the only person in the world that has a passion for running in North Dakota, so be it. But I have to hold out Hope that there's other people out there too. And, um, you know, I I love doing the research for the top 10 times because I know that there's people out there that have to ask themselves those questions once they start getting fast. Like, how fast do I need to be before I'm like up there? You know, like I'll throw out a name right now. Like, I wonder if Megan Ford from Jamestown right now has asked herself that question because she's been destroying everybody the last couple years in high school. Um, I wonder if she's wondered that question, and maybe she will. I think about some of the former high school studs that are in college right now, like like Carly ackley like I wonder if she's asked herself that question. Is that who pronounce her last name? Yeah. yeah, yep, um, you know, I wonder if you know like like Elliot Stone's on the list like um he ran me into the ground so hard on a gravel road one day that I got injured, like he's really good. I wonder if he ever wondered like how good he was. You know, So I, I love it, and it's, it, it was a big part of who I was, and it continues to be a part of who I am.
0: We were really digging and just trying to think, what should we ask Nate while we got him here? So uh, Cam did a pretty good job at assembling some questions, so you better take it away. Let's go. Yeah, so, so the
2: first one is uh, kind of a, we're going to throw it back to, to high school. Uh, and then the next two are, are questions. Um, not as interesting, but I want to hear from your perspective. Uh, we're not, we're not glorifying this story at all. We're mere, this is merely for science. We're curious. Uh, can you just tell us about the, uh, the Twinkies being thrown out of the back of the bus? Uh, oh. It's it's a uh, never actually, heard of this story. i
0: never heard this It's actually
2: a. Um, it's a blog
1: post in process, but I, I'll give the I'll give the details here um, exclusively for people that watch this show. Let's um, go breaking. Okay, uh, junior year of high school, we had just won our second EDC title in Grand Forks, um, wiping up Grand Forks Central at at their house. Um, it felt great. We put three in the top five and had another group in the ten to twenty range. Um, it was cold, like 38 degrees, snowflakes. Um, I ran one of my best times. Um, we were all fired up. DDC champions, baby. Um, and so we go on our way out of Grand Forks. We're headed back to West Fargo. We stop and get some food. Um, and, you know, we're, we're stupid. We get a bunch of junk food. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my chicken, asparagus, and pasta right now, you know, like I can't even imagine eating the crap that I ate in high school. But when we were driving on the interstate, um, our senior captains, Jameson and Spencer, you know, Spencer was 418 miler as a junior. Um, I mean, he, he honestly could have run probably um, – he could have run 155 and 414 his senior year, but then he broke his toe like a week before state track and gym class, and he could only eke out like a 159. Um, he limped across the finish line for a 159 and immediately went on crutches. Um, so like, these guys were good. They were our captains, and they devised this idea. What we should do is we should take the food that we have purchased, and we should throw it onto the windshields of cars on the interstate. Now this is, this is a great idea, right? I mean, we're just, we're eating this up. Um, we're gender segregated on the bus. You know, the girls are sitting up front by the coaches. The guys are all in the back. We're stupid. West Fargo had a reputation when I was in high school for doing a lot of really dumb things. And we did, we got in a lot of trouble many times. Um, it, stuff that as I, if I was a high school, if I was a high school coach for West Fargo kids would have been gone. Let's just say that. But um <laughs> so the this first person comes past and they drop like a zebra cake or something out the window and it lands right on the hood of this vehicle (laughs) um and they speed up and go past the car behind them they see what's going on they they see what's going on and so they're they're kind of like they're kind of like going around and then they see us and they're like nope kind of going around they wait a while (laughs) until they think we're not looking and they just like book it past the bus the senior captains are waiting, dropped it right down. This one landed on their windshield. And these people, they use their windshield wipers, <laughs> smearing the chocolate all over their windshield. Um, and then they, they sped ahead. And, you know, the, the senior captains, they're asking for us to funnel all of our food up towards them. And, you know, they want to keep going. There's this semi behind us and he sees, he knows exactly what's going on. He sees it perfectly. And um, he's, he's maintaining social distancing with the West Fargo Packard travel bus. Like there's no messing around here. And so Jameson decides he's going to take, uh, take this snack and he's going to throw it as high as he can out of the window so it'll carry all the way to this <laughs> truck. And this truck literally swerves on the interstate because he sees it come flying at him. Now, at this point, our assistant coach is glaring at us through the window at the front of the bus, but doesn't say anything for some reason. We're coming into Fargo. There's a police officer sitting in the median as we're coming into, like, construction. This police officer, when we go past, peels out, lights on right behind us. Our bus driver pulls over. Every single member of the girls team turns around and looks at us because we did so much stupid stuff as a team like they just knew they knew that we had done something and the car that had smushed their windshield around pulled over and the semi behind us pulled over so both people had called the police on this west fargo pack so so the west fargo packer travel bus is pulled over on the interstate (laughs) other schools coming back from edc are going past i got a text from a girl who ran for fargo north that I knew through my church, she was like, is that you guys? Yes, that is us, because Fargo North's bus went right past. Um, The police officer steps on the bus. Whoever's throwing stuff out the window, come up here now. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's just hiding at this point. And he stood there, the cops stood there, and eventually the two senior captains got up, He made them go to each person's vehicle and apologize. Um, They were cited for $20 for distributing rubbish. And they were suspended from the next meet, which was the infamous cake meet in Fargo, the Andrew Carlson. Andrew Carlson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where, where the, the lowest combined male and female score, the whole team gets a cake. Like, that's the meet they were suspended from, not state. So they still got to run at state. Now, neither of them finished at state, but they still got to run. And that is the story of the West Fargo Packer travel bus getting pulled over on the interstate.
2: Wow. Would not recommend, but man, that's a great story.
1: (laughs) My, My little brothers who ran cross country at West Fargo, like, asked me if that had happened. And so it must still be... I hope it's still continued as part of the lore there, but all stories eventually die, I suppose.
0: Well, I mean, if it, if it had died, it's coming back after this. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cam, I don't even know if we should ask any more questions. I don't think we can end on anything better than that. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, you're probably right. Well, awesome. Well, Nate, thank you for joining us on the show, Episode 1. Like, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors. First of all, Ragnarok Athletic Club. Uh, Ragnarok Athletic Club promotes track and field in North Dakota and Minnesota by providing athletes of all ages the opportunity to practice and compete in all events. Nate, we'll get you hooked up with the jersey, and you'll be good to go. Our next, awesome. spon- next sponsor, who we also talked about earlier, Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. If you're in Grand Forks or in the area, be sure to stop in. Get a pair of shoes, talk to Richard. He'll hook you up, and you'll be hopefully out on the streets spending a lot of those good summer miles. And our last one Draymond Enterprises Innovation Reimagined. So thanks, Nate, for the chance to come on the show. We loved hearing some of those stories. And thanks for letting me be here. This is awesome. Yeah. And we'll hopefully have you again on sometime in the future.